Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. Uh, and for this episode, we are actually doing a new home release uh, on Netflix. This one, not to be mistaken with the 2016 movie, which I found out it also exists. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Uh, joining me, not just Mariano, but returning guest, Allegra. Hey, Allegra. Hello. So I know that we're all kind of limited to time here. So, you know, we'll kind of save like the pimping uh, at, at the very end. Um, I just wanted to throw this out now, you guys. I've been calling this Always Be My Baby up in like all day. <laughs> oh, until you saw it when it said maybe? <laughs> well, no, not even that. I got I got a tweet from uh, a fellow podcaster. I was like, is because I, I was saying Always Be My Baby. And then he replied, is this hashtag always be my maybe? And then I had to look it up and I go, God damn it, I've been calling it the wrong title all day. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't help that they play like always be my baby. Yeah. That's the song for this uh, for the for the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a play on that title and they, they right. do play the song. So that's why I, I I don't know. Even when I first read about this movie coming out, I I just assumed that it was always be my baby and I never really read the word. Um, when did you guys first hear about this movie? Um, so for me, it was fairly recently, actually. Mariano is the one who told me about it. Um, and, and I think I felt, I feel like I saw something, but yeah, Mariano was the one who really actually told me about it, um, maybe like a week or so ago, a week or two ago. Yeah. I told and, you about it. Um, I found out maybe a few weeks ago when they first tried, you know, Netflix first advertised for it, I guess. Um, you know, I have in the, in our household, I'm the one that has the ear to the street, the Netflix streets anyway. So, um, I saw it and I was like, oh, we got to see this too. Plus, it was based in San Francisco. I'm like, okay, we got to see, you know, we got to see this. Yeah, so, in, yeah. In, inside baseball. You know, I uh, thought you two would be perfect because you you guys are from the Bay Area. You guys are here to fact check uh, everything I here. I see. I see what you did there. Oh, I'm going to tell you all about the <laughs> ways that you cannot get from one place to another okay. that fast. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll see. We'll see. Um, for me, I, I actually saw, I, I think friend of the show, Pialani, I, I feel like she shared the trailer and I never got around to it until at some point I started seeing things about like Keanu being in this movie. And then I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh, man, OK, Ali Wong's in it. You also got uh, Randall Park, who I, I think we're all fans of. But Ali Wong, I don't know about you guys, but I first her first work that I saw was uh, Baby Cobra, her Netflix special. Mm. Um, I think that might have been the one that I saw too. I know that I watched one um, around last year and she had me roll in. I love her sense of humor. I like her comedy style. Yeah. And I just found out today that there was a second one. So I, I completely missed that. Uh, Mariano, you, you said that you have your ears to like the, the Netflix streets. <laughs> I, I don't. So I, um, so I, uh, again, I didn't know this movie uh, was even coming, but when I saw the pairing here, the the the, the leads, I was, I was all in. And, you know, I mean, this movie's full of brown people, you know, so yeah. representation matters. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to more of the cast and stuff. You were going to say something? No, I was going to say that um, she did have a couple. And the, and the, the, the thing that kind of 
threw me off. I thought I saw it already because we saw Baby Cobra. I think it was the first one. Um, is that on the second uh, stand up? I think she's pregnant also, almost about the same, almost, yeah, <laughs> she was like about, about the, the same, same far, yeah, as far yeah. along as the first one. Um, but we did see her. Now, I don't know if I remember, Allegra remembers this, but she used to be in a sitcom, like one of those like fledgling, like one year sitcoms. And I might have seen her in two different ones, but definitely in one of them. And she and she was on it. She was really funny. Like she has good timing. So in that, and the fact that she's like freaking adorable, like oh my god. So like Allegra and I, were like oh she's really cool. And then we saw Baby Cobra. and was like okay, she's one of our faves. She's really good. I mean, she was killing me on that stand-up. I got to watch the second one. Uh, for anybody listening to this, uh, you know, not familiar with the show, uh, you know, we, we, we like to talk uh, in depth uh, about some of the details of the movie. We'll, we got to dive into it. Um, but yep. if anything else, I, I can't speak for the second one, but I'm sure it's amazing. But Baby Cobra, highly recommend if you guys have not seen it. And... Um, Asian because she talks about so many relatable things. Uh, another comedian that I love is uh, Russell Peters. He's like Indian Canadian. Oh, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. Everything he speaks about, like we all can relate or we know somebody that is like a character of, you know, what they're kind of speaking to. Uh, Ali Wong, she is very, her personality is very familiar. You know, like I, I feel like I know and Ali Wong, you know, like this person that she is, uh, this character that she plays, Sasha. Uh, let, let's talk about some of the other cast real quick. Uh, we mentioned Ali Wong and Randall Park, both playing Sasha and Marcus. Uh, they've been friends for like 18, no. 16. Yeah, I think six. I, I think they've known each other for 18 years, but 16 that she's had a crush on him. Mm, right. I feel is what it was. Yeah, because they, they were uh, really young. We also have, uh, I hope I'm not mispronouncing this, uh, James Saito. His name was very familiar, and I had to look him up. You guys may not recognize him by face, but maybe you do from other things. But this is the guy who played Shredder in the OG Ninja Turtles movie. Yes! <laughs> okay. Yes. I rec. Wow. Okay. So thank I, you, thank I, you. Now, because I, I was, it was driving me crazy. I, I've seen him before, or I, I've, I know, you know what I mean. I, oh, dope. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, again, the name really stuck out. Uh, I'm a big fan of that, uh, the Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, I am a child of, I, I say both 80s and 90s because I grew up on all that stuff. Um, Michelle Buteau, uh plays Veronica, who is Sasha's uh, best friend, and she she might be her assistant. I, I'm not exactly sure. Do you guys get that impression? Yeah, like her manager of manager. sorts. Okay. Uh, yeah. Vivian Bang uh, plays Jenny, who is Marcus's uh, girlfriend, I suppose. Uh, a little up-and-coming actor, Keanu Reeves, plays Keanu <laughs> Reeves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple other uh, very familiar faces. I'm sure we'll, we'll mention them as we get to them as well. Um, and this is also directed by the creator of Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, I, I'm going to jack this up, but Nanachka Khan, um, who I believe is like Iranian-American too. So um, a lot of brown people involved in this movie. Oh, let's not forget Daniel Day Kim. Oh, yeah. A small role as Brandon Choi, mm -hmm. who is mm -hmm. Sasha's uh, current boyfriend. I'm a fan of his too. Yes. He's, um, he, I want to see him in more stuff too, man. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've seen him as uh, in Lost as much as I've seen uh, The Wire. <clears throat> He's... Um, he is my boyfriend, but he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Wait, which one, him or Keanu Reeves? <laughs> uh, yes, both. the answer is yes. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, exactly. The answer is yes. <laughs> I'll, oh, I'll, I'll do alternating days. 
the one the one I have a one beef with this movie, and it's that I wish in the ad that they didn't show us Keanu. I swear, because that would have played yeah. that would have played so much better. Um, it was still played really great because his intro was wow, fantastic. His intro was awesome. I love. Let me ask you this, and, and uh, again, we'll we'll get to the details of that particular scene. Is it possible that the trailer was cut that way to give us Keanu Reeves to not only like, hey, Keanu Reeves is also in this movie, but John Wick three just came out, and the dude still looks like John Wick. You know, kind of writing off like the the, the 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 coattails of that, perhaps. Like, hey, you know, this is going to release after John Wick three. Everybody loves him. Some Keanu. Let's show him more viewers. Maybe a marketing thing. Yeah, maybe. I, I think marketing wise is probably better for that. But I think movie wise, like to catch us all by surprise, that would yeah. have been awesome. Completely agree mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, Mariano, before we started recording, you mentioned the cast. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh no, I'm not going to repeat that. What the hell? Are you trying to get me in trouble? Wait, what? I got. I got. I I I expect to come back to the Bay Area at some point. <laughs> Hey, hey, look. By the way, let's, you know what? Shout out, shout out to when I, so I knew, okay, I'm going to tell you, I know how that a brown person did this movie and particularly most likely an Asian person was involved in the writing and or directing and or producing of this thing, which I'm, I think I'm right about all that. Um, when uh, Sasha first, we see Sasha, by the way, one of the best like intros when it comes to like showing us the characters when they're kids, it's freaking adorable. But when she was going into her house, and first thing she did when she opened the door is what, Peter? What Take did she do? off her shoes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. <laughs> uh, Mariano, you, you were talking about the, the, the opening credits. What I really love about it is not only is it kind of a throwback to like the sitcoms that we all kind of love um, watching. Um, Allegra, you touched on it. You know, it's I think you did, or maybe it was Mariano, but... Um, basically we're we're seeing our leads you know uh and it goes back in time too so we see them at 2019 and then we see them younger and younger and younger kind of showing us like how far they actually go back i'll go ahead and spoil it now which also by the way we're getting into detail so you if you haven't seen this movie we're gonna we're gonna be talking about like everything um i love this movie i really enjoyed it i think they spent a lot of time developing the story there's a lot of great callbacks. Um, I don't know about so much. You know, yeah, there's definitely some foreshadowing, some callbacks, some very nice setups. They may be very little. Uh, execution may not be perfect. Um, but I I just love just about everything about this. I have very little criticisms about it. And I was blown away when I found out. And I didn't really do... I mean, I guess I can look at it real quick, but the director, uh, Nanachka Khan, I believe this is her directorial debut, like feature, feature, um, no. because I know she did create and produce Fresh Off the Boat. So the fact that if this is her actual first feature, she did an amazing job. I concur. I really like the um, the way that we got that you know like i noticed the shoes too i was like yes exactly take off your shoes (laughs) um but yeah i i really appreciated how much i felt like i was dropped right into the bay area again and just that mix of people i love how they really captured just what san francisco looks like what the Bay Area looks like, what it's comprised of, the different factions of people and how they intermingle and just like the culture um, of that area. I loved it. I loved it too. 
And and uh, I too agree with you, um, Peter. There's like probably some little minor, like a little like really really minor details that I was a little kind of like eh, but it did not ruin the movie for me at all. I I would watch it again. Yeah, this movie is San Francisco as fuck. I know it's Bay Area, but this is from you know someone who grew up in the city and had similar like ride the bus home and pretty much be on your own kind of a you know we're kind of the era of the latchkey kid of sorts and this is what sasha was you know and and going to her neighbors to eat this is like like except i'm a you know my my friend my best friend ray like i would go down the corner like two blocks away to his house and grandma or and then his mom or you know his dad be making some and you know feed me and take, you know that kind of stuff um so that that part was like really cool for me to see him like oh yeah you know as kids like you know you find especially in those neighborhoods, you know, there's always some kind of family. You find friends that you go to school to or whatever and play around pretty much on the neighborhood. So the fact that they had this friendship was really dope. I really, I really love how it started from the beginning and how, you know, even I like, I like even when, uh, when he asked his dad for money, yeah. you know, just so they could do something with Sasha, you know, like that was really cute. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of a cool little way to get you into a montage. So the way they wrote that in was really kind of sweet. Um, yeah, there's some problems, I think maybe, um, somewhat in a, a little bit in pacing, very small in pacing, very small, maybe some of the writing, but it's very minute. It's, it's really nothing, again, to take away from the whole movie. You know, uh, romantic comedies aren't necessarily my jam, but, you know, if you do it well enough, they're going to be good. It's a, a movie, a good movie is a good movie, you know? And as far as the comedy is concerned, they have really good chemistry and they have really good timing. And there was some, some, some things that might've fallen slightly flat, but I don't, I don't think I would take that as like a whole negative out of the whole movie. I really, really enjoyed it. And, and for as far as the, you know, skip way into the endings, like it was a really good ending. Like we, we kind of know where this is going. It's just like, how are you going to land that? Right. So I felt like they landed it really well. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you know, this is a rom-com and there's a lot of, I I don't believe it's formulaic when they are about to show us something that's a little tropey. I feel like the film uh, handles it in a, a different kind of way, you know, uh, put, puts a little bit of a spin on it. Like, okay, you remember this trope from the 90s? Well, here's this, but our little spin on it, you know, so I kind of appreciated that, you know, it's kind of like a... Um, a bit of a fresh, like a breath of fresh air in the things that we have seen before. I, one of the very first setups, it, it happens very early on. It, it is right before the montage, uh, which I love uh, because it does show us like, um, you know, the, the passing of time. And I think it, it kind of fast forwards to the present time pretty well. I thought that this might be an issue like in the beginning in terms of the pacing. I thought, I thought it was pretty good. When Sasha comes home to herself, she hears the answering machine already. They're, they're telling us, you know, how her parents are. They're very strict. You know, she's home by herself. Cook for yourself, but you can't watch TV. You know, kind of crazy. But you see how she just, you know, cooks some Spam rice. I thought she was going to make some masubi, you know, but she's like, you know, sprinkling some, I don't know, sesame seeds or something. Um, you already see like early on that she's into culinary. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she goes over to Marcus's house, which I was like, oh, damn, they, they live next door. And um, I was like, man, his mom is like kind of like a mother to her. Oh, damn, she going to die. You know, like I knew oh. right away. <laughs> <laughs> you I know, I it. didn't I can't believe I didn't catch that. Trope I didn't catch happened. it either. So I kind of say it's I mean, it's something that we should catch, but I didn't catch it. And I was like, so I was like, but, you know, kind of leading up to it, not to like the very part where it's about to happen. Right. Um, but I will say that I forgot the intro of him, you know, asking her to drink soup so that 
he doesn't be, he's not that kid that drinks soup out of a thermos right. sitting with the other kids that drink soup out of a thermos because he doesn't want to sit next to those losers <laughs> and then she slams the door in his face dude that was so awesome i, I really i'm like okay i'm gonna i already i already felt like first of all you're playing like social mischief in the beginning to like start off the freaking movie with your montage of how this is kind of starting and then you're you're doing this like a little bit with these two kids and they pulled it off really well so i'm like okay you know what I, i'm all it, it could have really gone downhill from there and i would have been like yeah, i'll be okay but it, it it actually was a lot better better ride you know but that was really funny yeah i like the way that they interact um both ali wong and rando park they're um their chemistry is really good, and I really love how they played off of each other. And I also love just their personalities were so, like you were saying earlier, Peter, you know uh, an Ali Wong type. I do, too. Like, I know that I've befriended an Ali Wong type or and a Randall Park type, you know, or, um, you know, their characters. And... It, it just I just loved their chemistry and I loved the way that they interacted with each other. Even in their kind of awkward moments, they were still kind of fitting right in, you know, and I, I thought that was really cute. Yeah, I think it helps. Um, I did see in an interview that they said they've, uh, they've been actual friends for over 16 years. So the oh. familiarity, yeah, they, they know each other so well. So I, I definitely buy it. Um uh, it is interesting to point out that uh, they are like married to like two other people, so they, they are so damn cute together, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really were. It was. They were. I, I can tell now. Then I mean, I can see that now because it did look like the chemistry is like, oh, these they they can totally buy them being best friends. You know, I can totally buy them like this tragedy happening and and causing a rift and the awkwardness, like the awkwardness after they they got they hooked up in their in his car. Um, that's, <laughs> Talk about awkward. I mean, there was some really good comedic uh, beats, you know, in the in the movie. Like overall, like really good ones, and uh, just even like the Burger King and what and the dude behind the counter, <laughs> basically trying like maybe you could like take your burger your tears and a whopper. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why that got me. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, the guy is like so deadpan, and you know, um, because at first it's like, hey, well, you know, welcome to Burger King, whatever, for X amount of years. By the way, you know, basically he's telling us he heard everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the way. But I, I love like the awkwardness too in the car. You know, after listening to some D'Angelo, when um, when that song played, I go, oh, are they gonna do it? <laughs> <laughs> Why else are you listening to D'Angelo in a car? You know, so it's like little things like that. Um, yeah. I think. No, the fact that she didn't know the lyrics and that was hilarious to me. <laughs> like she was just singing anyway. Who cares? I um, sometimes when I do that, you know, like a like a, a song comes on the radio where you're like, oh damn, I haven't heard this in a while. You start singing. Like uh, there was a couple of times where I would sing like the the wrong words, and my, my wife would call me out on it. I go, man, they, they changed the words. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I love how he apparently used like a condom that he's had for like seven years. <laughs> I'm surprised years. he didn't get knocked up at that moment. <laughs> Look, I'm like, why? I know she had to ask, I guess, but uh, I mean, why is she asking if he practiced on bananas? <laughs> I don't know. That got me too. That was pretty funny. I I want to see like um, alternate takes. You know what I mean? Like I feel mm-hmm. like, hey. This is where, um, you know, we, we do it for the first time and it's awkward. Go. You know, like, I feel that's how it went. 
Yeah, there was probably some really silly um, like outtakes and stuff on that or just them riffing off of the moment, I bet. Yeah, I feel, you know, they probably have some wiggle room um, in terms of, you know, what to say. Like, hey, this this is basically the, um, you know, the the idea of the scene is this is what we're going to kind of talk about. But you guys just go ahead and improv other things in between it. Right, right. Like it be the basis and then just kind of work around that or work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I do again, like I want to see the alternate takes, but also the outtakes of them reacting because how do you hold your face to something like that? Yeah, exactly. Especially with Ali Wong doing the fake D'Angelo singing. <laughs> that was just killing me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking uh, Allegra knows the lyrics to the, to that song, but I was like, or do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. But but I was thinking about Allegra because you know because of D'Angelo. Like yeah, we didn't have. That. We didn't have. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, uh, like being from the ni- in the nineties or whatever. I don't know of any any woman that I met anyway who didn't have that album. Mm, I sure did. <laughs> I put the hell out of that tape. Well, according to Sasha, it ain't about the lyrics. It's about the emotion, right? So mm, uh, right. so it's all right if you don't know the lyrics. I'm sure that album cover didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> or the video. Um, or the video, yeah. Or the video. So uh, we mentioned um, Daniel Day Kim, uh, who's, who plays Brandon. What do you guys think about this relationship? Um, it doesn't look like a very loving relationship at one point we see them like in the limo on their phones not even really conversing yeah i knew from jump that that wasn't going to last very long um because of that and then the limo ride kind of solidified it for me and just kind of he's so handsome i couldn't be (laughs) mad at him because i was like but you're so handsome i've had a crush on him since lost since i watched lost um <laughs> sure you can go to india for, I'm about go for to six india. months take your time it's okay <laughs> no but it was such a tr- it was kind of a garbagey thing to do though like she's getting all happy and excited and doing all this planning and then he's like you know what though let's take a little break and my heart broke for her when she was trying to like convince herself while convincing her best friend that everything was cool and then um going in to do inventory and really just going into the room and crying that just broke my heart because i was just like man that's just like a dick move dude i don't care how handsome you are you totally broke her heart <laughs> even though it probably wasn't going to work out anyway you know they probably would have got some sort of divorce or something anyway but it's still kind of like a shitty thing to wait till like a few months before the wedding and then be like you know what <laughs> oh yeah i mean see and his character uh brandon is a trope himself right um mm-hmm. when there's a couple that when there's a a targeted couple that is meant to be or two leads here obviously their current situations that they, they have to be ain't shit right brandon yeah. is to the, the nth degree what you want to go to india like the country india you know like <laughs> and and meet some um date others but I agree with you, Allegra, that um, it, it was very, you know, just to see Sasha walk into the fridge and start breaking down because she had me convinced that she was okay with it. She was selling it. But to me, I, I, I knew she wasn't convinced and that she was going to break down. I kind of saw that because the way she was telling her friend V, like she was selling it to her, like he sold it to her. Ah. I feel like basically 
verbatim she was telling her friend what he said to her exactly exactly the same way I, I pictured Daniel Day Kim telling her that exactly like that. And so when she walked away, I'm like, oh, she's going to be crying. Yeah. And because she knows she doesn't, she was saying it. I'm like, she doesn't believe any of that stuff. Like, who does that when you're going to get married? Like, who does that? Right. So, and, and I think her, like later on, as we see with her, you know, um, reacting to him when, she, when he calls her, it's all a business to the guy. Right. You know, oh, it makes sense to marry her so that he can do even like, branding internationally when it comes to this kind of stuff you know what i mean so everything's about whatever the next score whatever the next big deal for him and then mm-hmm. it came through and she called him out on it in the end you know and he wasn't even original with this idea because her other marketing person had said all the the mm-hmm. little catchphrases that yep. he said so he's not yep. even all that good <laughs> now can we talk about veronica a little bit her pregnant you know bestie here I love Veronica, and at one point they're they're talking to uh, Tony, who we got to bring up a, a little bit later here. Um, and they, well, actually, no, no, it, it's when they run into each other again, uh, Marcus, Veronica, and all of that. And he mentions the piercings. Did you guys know that we got a young Veronica early on? Yeah, that, I didn't realize it until he said that. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's their friend, because when they were doing like some of those kind of flashbacks and kind of montages, there was a third person, and that's that's what I figured. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that was her. She had like, you know, green in her hair and she had piercings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. was supposed to be Veronica. Because uh, yeah. I, I looked up the cast list and it showed like, um, uh, I don't know, it was like 16-year-old Veronica. I was like, wait, what? You know, and I had to go right. back. And I was like, it's got to be in the montages because that's when we saw the right. kids, you know, at a young age. Uh, so I had to see it. And again, that's like one of those little touches. Like they didn't have to show us that. They told us in dialogue already. Um, but the fact that they had showed us like in the montage and then just kind of bring it up in for us to put two and two together kind of rewarding a little bit yeah i really like that little touch too i did i did recognize um veronica from the montage and they just keyed you know pointed it out with the piercings thing but um yeah i thought that was really cute um i really like it when uh so, so at this point in the movie, Veronica and, well, I guess more so Sasha had hired uh, Harry, who is Marcus's dad, Harry and son, to come uh, install like the AC in, in her rental or whatever. I like I like the how he points out that she has like this fake phone voice, and I feel like we all <laughs> have I a fake phone that. voice. <laughs> yes, I love that. And to top it all off, like when he's telling her this and she doesn't, She's like, no, I don't, which I think we all do. And I agree with you because there's definitely, and it's not, it's, there's two, it could even be two phone voices, like the business phone voice, like when you're doing that and the talk to your friend phone voice was not the same. But the fact that she, she kind of did the same thing to her friend and she was like, oh no, is that your phone? you're not going to talk to me in the phone voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> you better not. That's not going to happen. I was like, the way she delivered that line kind of threw it all together you know it was like it was so funny and i can i can picture what uh mark is up there you know putting installing the thing and hearing like <laughs> v say that like like basically with a grin in his face like yeah i told you have a you know like a fake ass phone voice you know and then kind of her little grimace on the side when she's like shut mm. it was kind of like a shut up face you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. she has the best reaction faces like i i, I think mm-hmm. we all need um like ali wong emojis you know, because yep. she has like all the faces. Um, there's another uh, touch, you know, and it's like just one throwaway scene that I really loved. Again, kind of one of those things that they didn't even have to show us this. Uh, but the fact that Marcus, he goes home 
at one point pulls out like a, a box of his all like his memory stuff you know like i feel like a lot of us at one point had a memory box and he had like this little cute little box where you uh hold it up to the light and you can see a picture and it was like a picture of them two as kids right the little keychain thing i thought that was really cute yeah yeah i thought so so like the one of the very few lines or roles rather with speaking lines that is a caucasian person uh is this this lady uh talking about gooby chairs <laughs> I thought it was very interesting that the Caucasian people, uh, they, th- their role is like a server, you know, and I love that. Um, it's all, yeah. It reminds me, actually, because I know, I, Peter, I listened to you like recently to the uh, Crazy Rich Asians uh, coverage ah. and how it was a very Asian movie, like no, no, none of them. And it's like the only person I saw who was, was the guy who was serving cocktails at like the <laughs> bachelorette party. <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of kind of reminded me of that because you're right because the guy at the suit, the the guy selling the suit. That's right. Some of the people like are you know serving orders or whatever. The uh, the, and, co- and the that coat woman, check guy. Right, coat check guy, and then the woman with the goopy chairs, goopy chairs, whatever it was. Or the um, uh, rice um, calligraphy oh, on rice paper. <laughs> guilty. I love that line. I love that line. She said guilty, and I love the way Ali Ali Wong looked at her like. <laughs> Like bitch, called it. That was so good. Um, I I love that. Be, uh, you know, for all the obvious reasons, but also, <laughs> it was interesting that she that that there wasn't this kind of even though they were pointing out there some of the culture within the culture. You know what I mean? Like uh, they were pointing out, yeah, the phone boys. They were pointing. They were pointing out like the white service people, but they weren't making it like message, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I really appreciated that, you know, because it was we don't we get it. We all get it. <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about uh Hello Pearl, which is a band that Marcus uh, Marcus is a part of uh, uh Raga, right? Is that the the style of music that they play? That was yeah. just the place, I think, right? Wasn't it? I thought that I was the thought, name of the joint. Oh, I thought is that it was it? a oh. style of music. Yeah. I thought it was yeah, a style, the, too. Okay, because I thought that was the name of the place they were going into to perform. I feel like that, like, yeah. That was the, yeah. I, I did so see I thought that's that. that's what it was. Right. Um, apparently, apparently uh, Randall Park was in a, uh, in a band very similar to this one that he was a part of. So it was kind of like, uh, like muscle memory for him. You know, it was all very familiar for him. Um, I really like Tony. Uh, Tony, who is uh, played by Karen Sony. Karen Karan Sony. Yeah, he's hilarious. Like, I think my favorite scene with him is so. Uh, there's this one point, like after a performance, where he dips out like prematurely, and then there's another um, the that next was time. The best. Yeah, him, him and I Marcus love, are smoking weed. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> boat. <laughs> That was yeah. That's what he <laughs> this did. This fool said, "I gotta go vote." <laughs> well, n- well, not only that. When he found out that Veronica was gay, he was all like, "Oh, hey, wow. I'm LBGTQIA ally too. Um, thanks for your service." Oh man! Yeah, that was good. But no, I love the part where like Marcus is like, "I have a question for you." Shoot. Why did you bail on dinner the other night? What dinner? After the show. Remember, we were all going to go to dinner, and then Jenny showed up, and then you bailed. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, you you know, uh, I had, uh, what? I know what. You were going to say something? You, 
I'm asking you why did you bail. Right, and then you said something after no, that? No, I didn't. You were going to tell me why I bailed? No, no, I'm asking you why. All right, um... You forgot what your lie was, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just thought. Uh, I mean, at one point, at one point in that conversation, he said, "Oh, I thought you were going to tell me why I left." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Man, the comedic timing with these guys. Um, I just, I think that's where like, I. One of the scenes that I definitely laugh, uh, laughed the most. So Marcus, he has not changed very much at all, right? Um, one, one thing I wanted to point out, you know, the tennis balls that homeboy was in charge of. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's in charge of the tennis balls. Did you guys notice? Like the they, they use like an ink stamper for to to put like Hello Pearl on the balls. No, I did not notice that. I just no, I did not see that detail. <laughs> I was too busy looking at the big ass, humongous ass box of tennis balls they yeah. had. Uh, it's, again, just one of those details that um, th- this guy was not a good option, you know, to be in charge <laughs> of the merch. I, I thought it was really yeah, funny. Right. Um, but the fact that Marcus still has his old ass Corolla, uh, he has to jimmy the door handle just to open it, like not even unlock the car, but like to get the door open. <laughs> he pretty much stopped when his mom died. The day, yeah. you know, when his, yep. when that funeral happened, that's where he stopped, you know, kind of emotionally. And so everybody else was moving on except for him, essentially. You know, and he was just using all these different excuses to to not move on. So um, I really thought that was interesting. It was kind of a little bit of a twist on on storytelling, you know, the typical trope of, um, you know, going through a bunch of women or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he, we didn't see that kind of thing. And I really liked it. And I mean, to, to kind of throw in like things that, uh, you know, you would usually see in terms of a trope. Um, I actually saw this in an interview and I wish I, I, I remembered like the host's name, but she commented that, uh, at least this movie at no point did anybody have like a, a makeover. You know what I mean? Like they are still them. Um, which, which I love. And, uh, Ali Wong, the, her young version, uh, of Sasha wore, wore glasses. And then at one point she didn't have glasses. Her character now easily could have been like, you know, just wearing contacts, but she yep. kept the glasses, Randall Park wore his beanies throughout the entire movie. But I do like the fact that Marcus isn't necessarily looking for excuses to not grow up. Uh, one of the things that he really holds on to, which, you know, um, and I love that they touch on it later, but the fact that his father uh, is diabetic and he has to get um, insulin injected, right? So... I think Marcus, that, that's his biggest crutch, that he uses that. Well, I, I can't leave. I have to take care of my dad. I think it, it, it makes it uh, a little bit harder later on when they have that father and son talk because that shit, talk about tear jerking. Um, I just immediately saw the dad as very self-sufficient and Randall just using his dad as an excuse. You know, like I, his dad was, look, his dad had game when he, he rolled, <laughs> when he rolled up on the the Diana Ross impersonator. I was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna date, they're gonna get together because the dad was fine. He, he seemed was, fine to me. He was so smooth with with Diana Ross, so smooth. Yeah, yeah he, he had game. Good. You're right. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, and, speaking and, of time time capsule, like it's interesting. A time capsule or him getting stuck. I didn't I didn't see it in that way, but that you mentioned it, I, I do see it exactly in that form because i know we've spoken about like 
guys, I think guys, we can do that. We'll find a look and that look could end in 1992 or 1996 or 19 or 2002, depending on how old you are. And then that's the rest of your freaking life, just about. Um, but for him, it was a tragic event that caused him to kind of just stay in one place. And it's interesting because even in his room, there's a, a poster for uh, Handsome Boy Modeling School, yeah. which is like one of my favorite albums, actually that album there. But that's mm-hmm. from like mid 90s, early 90s. So he has a poster of this, you know, these two artists who got to, you know, it's a kind of like collaboration between two artists and like they had this really cool album, but like that was like 1993 or four. I can't even remember. Um, so, but he has that on the poster in his wall. So I'm like, okay, he is definitely whatever that year was that that happened. Boom. I'm not going further from there. And I, you saying that they're kind of like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why he had that. There. Cause I was wondering, I'm like, why does he have that? I mean, I get it. They're good, but that's like, yo, you should have been like a teenager at this point, you know? So that's kind of weird, but no, it makes sense now. Uh, what do you guys think about Sasha's parents? Um, obviously, we heard like the answering machine from her mother uh, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, now her, her, I guess both parents, but her dad's the one that says it, that you know he just recently retired, so they uh, sold off the store. Um, I think in this movie, like you really see her resenting her parents. Like throughout the movie, everywhere she's at that they find her at, they either saw on Facebook or Google. You know, that that's what their relationship is now. Like, she doesn't tell them about any of these events that she has. and Or not only that, doesn't even invite them. That part, see, that was the part that was kind of touching me. Like, um, I, I just don't understand that. I, I mean, I do. But it, it was kind of like, she was stuck in a certain way. She held the sacrifices that the parents made um, for um, against them. And it was it's interesting because of the fact that, you know, we as children of people, sometimes we see things in a different way than the than our parents do. And so we can compare notes with our parents and the parents will be like, no, I was doing X, Y, and Z. And we'll be like, no, but that was, ter-, you know what I mean? And it was like, we always see things in a different way, no matter what age we are. We're always going to be like, well, I thought you were thinking this and that. And I felt so touched by the parents because, yes, they did sacrifice their relationship with their daughter. And that stinks, right? But they were trying so hard to kind of reclaim a little bit of of that back. And Sasha, you know, Ali Wong's character was really, um, for a good chunk of the movie, wasn't really budging on it. And it just hurt my heart because I was like, man, like, who knows why they were sacrificing this, you know, much time. And who knows? And and obviously, we know that Sasha is deeply hurt by this to the extent that she doesn't even talk to her parents. It was just a really interesting dynamic and a really kind of sad and and where I got a little bit choked up is when she brought them to her awards ceremony once they kind of hashed everything out mm-hmm. and got the feelings out on the table. She, you know, she kind of got where they were coming from because now she's an adult with her own career and her own decisions she has to make. And so I just was like, oh, finally we can like 
get past this whole weird, like, I saw your thing on Facebook. What? She's your daughter. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that part kind of got me too. And I think it was the way that it was presented, you know, where she shows up to the awards. I was like, well, I have two dates. You know, I couldn't decide between the two and then like enter her parents. I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know, they set it up in a way where you think you know what it was. But then when she's like two people, you're like, well, who the hell is that be? Is it Veronica and her wife, you know, or uh, something like that? Um, I want to talk about a little bit about this restaurant that Marcus takes um, Sasha to because, again, this is one of the funniest, funniest moments. So it's like a dumpling place of sorts, you know, um, you know, other Asian food, I'm sure. But it's a place that I guess Sasha didn't really care for like back in the day. But now, you know, she points out that like the women were rude because they didn't speak uh, like Cantonese. Which, uh, Ellie Wong, I mean, Wong's a Chinese name, but her character is Tran, which is Vietnamese. Um, and Marcus is Korean, uh, in, in the movie. And so he has picked up just enough that not only will they give him good service, but sometimes he gets some free shumai. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he kept it away from her. I thought that shit was hilarious. And that the woman had initially taken it away from her. Oh, and then he was like, was nah, so nah, we're not going to mess with this. I think he was messing with her, um, uh, Sasha. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know, but it was being hilarious because after the yeah. woman doing what she did. So that, <laughs> well, she did a double take. She was like walking off. She was like, no, don't you touch this. This. <laughs> Also, um, that goes into, and you know, it's a small touch like that, similar to what, you know, we see what Marcus is going through, but also what Sasha is going through with her, her relationship with her parents. Like, and he, and, you know, Marcus said, you know, you had this whole outlook of everything shit, you know, but you didn't sit down and really look and t- take in that this is actually a good restaurant. You just think everything in your life was shit. Right. And I'm, I know that's a reaction to her, her dealing with her parents, not really being there and her being, you know, being at the neighbors all the time. Um, and her outlook on that. And you're right. I, I really like how they were, they touched on that and that they actually were able to, in the film, like really close that out by the parents going to New York and explaining themselves and basically apologizing to her, you know, in the best way they could by going to her restaurant and paying full price, you know, that, and I was like, that is such a, an awesome, <laughs> like awesome way to cut, finish that. And the part, her at the restaurant thinking that it, the food wasn't good was a reflection of her growing up dealing with her parents and resenting her parents. Yeah. So I like that they small touches like that kind of showed us, okay, this is what she feels about her parents. And then in the end, the, the, the fact that she took him to the, to the, you know, to the award ceremony and they were her date that gave it so much more like weight to that mm-hmm. moment. And the emotion was there, you know, because they set us up, the whole time, yeah. even though small sprinkles here and there, He's but cheap. they were there. You know? Right. Yeah. They, they kept on. Um, yeah. They it, earned it. Yeah, exactly. So um, that moment was uh, de- definitely um, well earned. All right. So let's talk <laughs> are, are about. Huh? <laughs> what, are what? we there? I, I think I know where we're going. <laughs> I think I do, too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So now the reason for why this movie was made, um, said jokingly by uh, Ali Wong, uh, she just wanted to have Netflix put a lot of money into a movie just so she can kiss Keanu Reeves. <laughs> she said right. Keanu and, and, and Daniel Day and Park. Daniel Day. Oh, she said both, <laughs> but, but the headline yeah, was Day just Day. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Um, she she says she got to do, she got to like basically make out with both of them. That's, yeah. That was hilarious. So Peter, Peter, did you think I thought about you, Peter, on, on when Keanu arrived? Because I love um, when Keanu they were in the Reeves. restaurant. Yeah, totally. That oh, and the you. fact that you can go to this restaurant and you can find a dish that can um, uh, 
capitalize the time. concept of time. <laughs> yes, not just time, but the concept of the time. The concept of time. Um, let's actually let, let's give the man his proper uh, like entrance here. Slow motion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like in the '90s when a girl walks into a room, slow mo. And yeah. not only was it the first time we see him, we cut to. Jenny and which we haven't really talked about, but Jenny and Marcus, who is like talking in slow mo, and then we go back to Keanu again, and then he continues in slow mo. Um, can we get a spinoff of this Keanu Reeves? He's pretty hilarious, right? Yeah, like pretty good. Um, so good. I, I I wonder if they were like, okay, Keanu, play exactly opposite of who you really are. <laughs> It, 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 well, there's some of that, but also it's kind of like this is what like the public think about you. Play that up as well, you know. Right. Where um, yeah, Mariano, you were just talking about like the the concept of time, where like the the the, the server, you know, they they have to wear like uh, headphones, you know, so you can hear, you know. And I, I guess you know maybe make you with one of what you're gonna eat. <laughs> Killer reason oh like he, t- he takes a bite, he apologizes out. There. Apologizes. <laughs> and crying. then goes digging in. He's like yeah. as if he had experienced his catharsis and then was all good, you know. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest. I knew I knew Keanu was gonna be in this because of the ad, right? But I didn't know he was playing himself. Neither did I. He was Keanu Reeves. Right. I had no until he came in and you know, you know, the slow motion and and uh um Marcus's girlfriend's like her a mouth agape or whatever, and so and so. Marcus is like in very slow motion. That's Keanu. <laughs> just That's when I realized name. it. Even I'm like, like every, oh shoot, no, he's like himself. All those other, um, I, I thought they were just trying to be like, oh, this is like the handsome guy that that Marcus has to compete with. It wasn't until he actually said Keanu Reeves when I figured it out. Just like, oh damn, okay, so he's playing himself. Oh, see, I thought so right when um, he walked up to her and it was his voice. Right. Then I was like, oh, okay, they're going to make him be Keanu Reeves, like him, oh, you know? Yeah, That's good, because... yeah, because I just thought it was just a handsome guy that she was dating that was she was like proud right. about or whatever, you know? Oh, man. Oh, God. The, the, the so, entire I love rest... that she took their picture when they were <laughs> reacting to him. Because yeah. I thought... <laughs> Was, That's something that good. I can picture Sasha doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I can picture Ali Wong doing that. I can picture them going like, "Oh, I'm gonna take a picture of you two full with your mouths open because you because Keanu's walking into a room in slow motion." And, <laughs> and Jenny and Jenny crying was cracking me up. Oh my God. I've never been so starstruck. Well, the st- the only stars that matter are the ones that you see in your dreams. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, ew, uh, I don't, is it possible for me to now be grossed out by Keanu Reeves? Because he's another boyfriend of mine that he you know, doesn't what's know funny, What's funny, Allegra, is that, no, you should probably be more loving him because he actually oh, no. did this. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, he did Absolutely. it like that, like such a mockery of, it's like, they're like, hey, Keanu, your, your persona that doesn't really, it's not really you. Let's go play that up, like you said, Peter. Like, let's play that up. Let's play the persona that everybody else pictures you in. You know, speaking philosophically about, right. about the stars and and the game, his game that they played later, like oh my god! And then the base on his head, holy crap! Let's let's get to that. But um, yeah. the most outrageous uh, plate that was served to them has got to be the flavor <laughs> of Caesar salad. Yes, the flavor <laughs> of Caesar salad killed me too. I was like, what is this? 
Oh, I love that. He was like, you are, you are like the epitome of mediocrity, a man in mediocrity. And that was what makes you so rare. I was like, or something to that effect. And I was like, oh. wow. And then he cupped his hand on his face. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, well, what about when he's like, oh, I dropped out of school too, to pursue my dreams. <laughs> right. <laughs> or uh, um, the icebreaker game, obviously. Okay. So this is where we find out that Sasha has had a crush uh, for 18 years. So they have known each other for 18 years. They probably dated for six, no, 16. No, no, that doesn't add up either. No, they didn't, oh, they didn't date. This, 16. This 16 years is between when they haven't spoken. Because my understanding okay. is that when, when they had that Burger King meltdown, like, that's it. That was it, yeah. They didn't right, see each right, other until right. she came back to San Francisco, yeah. But, uh, okay. Hmm. So I think they knew each other for 18 years and then didn't see each other for 16 more after that. So that's what I got break- out of that. Yeah. Um, the icebreaker game that you kind of alluded to, uh, the first question was like, who's your childhood crush? And Keanu says, Mother Teresa. Uh, <laughs> I love, uh, I love, I love Marcus's reaction to that. Princess Jasmine. But they're like, Oh, that's gross. <laughs> it's like, what it's a cartoon. cartoon. Gene Wilder. <laughs> um, and then, like, Jenny says, like, some Chinese dignitary or whatever. And Keanu's like, she yes, says, I... <laughs> she says, Ma Sedong. And he's like, have you seen him? He's like, of course I have. I know all. I know about all kinds of Chinese dignitaries. <laughs> he names off, like, six of them. <laughs> I know. <sighs> okay, that was... That okay. alone, I think that scene alone with them together in the game, or even just in general, just having Keanu on there, which I'm like, how did you guys keep a straight face? This was... Hilarity. I, I, that's the outtakes too, on top of everything else that I want to see. Because I'm like, well, what the heck else did you guys do to film that? Absolutely. You know, those, and Marcus was me. Like, that would be my reaction to. I'm sure Marcus was everybody, you know, being like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was definitely the, the voice of the audience uh, in, in, in that scene. Uh, just everything about it, like the confrontation between Marcus and Keanu. And at one point, um, Keanu's like, well, or no, 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 Marcus is, uh, well, no, Keanu wants to kill or wants Marcus to die or something. Keanu says, well, no, no, kill you for fun or something. But then Keanu does this thing where, like, with he waves his hands up, like, yes, 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 bring it, bring it, let's go. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> his physical acting, oh, oh, oh it was so good. Um I want to uh, jump to like one of those really nice touches uh, because again, it it really pays off in the end here, uh, where Sasha is cooking for Marcus, you know, some home cooking, and she is cutting ingredients with scissors. Yes, yeah, I, I caught that. It was so that was so sweet, and and um, yeah, I know we're pressed for time here, but like I I I don't want to go without saying that like the ending, and I think that's where things can get kind of corny or whatever, but. To me, I got choked up when when she showed Marcus the name of the restaurant. Yeah, that I did not expect to be right. honest. Yep. You know, I didn't see that coming, and it's something that maybe that was might have been telegraphed just because of how the closeness of of um, of Judy. Right, Judy was no, that wasn't her name. Mm-hmm. Judy, Judy was name. Judy. Judy, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, Judy like, was the, the closeness that Judy had with with Sasha because she took her in under her wing. Was like, oh, let me show you some stuff, and you know, who knows if she saw how Sasha was really good. You know, like a, she could become a master chef, and that's kind of like the. The, the foundation of her her career and to kind of pay tribute to it and even having that that paint her paintings on the wall because she was a painter and 
and I swear you guys, that that show, that got me in my emotions because I'm like, oh wow, that is beautiful, and I didn't see it coming, you know. Yeah. And in the same dish that she was showing her, and how and all that, the whole wrap up, and and having that there, and you know, Sasha's like, of course I wouldn't have you here, you know, I wouldn't have this without you here, you know what I mean? That whole thing. So and that uh, pops still there with the with the Anna Ross. So that's that's dope. Yeah, yeah, Kate Kathy. Uh, we find out her real name. Um, I love that scene too. That's also what prompted me to immediately uh, tweet the both of them and to, um, you know, I, I, in my mind, I was thinking, fuck you for making me cry today while I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was um, you know, today was a nice sunny day. I had sunglasses on, but if you looked, you would have seen the tears like run past my sunglasses because I was, oh, I ate that up. Um, we kind of been talking about it, like the relationship, you know, the, 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 the parental dynamic, I guess, between Sasha and her parents and how, for the most part, she'd seem, you know, to be resenting them, to be uh, annoyed by their appearance. It all, I, I think it really hits you when Sasha shows Marcus, you know, the, the menu that says Judy's way. Um, and that moment is really earned, right? Because we're like, damn we see how she is with her parents and we saw how she was with Judy early on and that stuck with her all this time. You know, it influenced her to probably continue in, in you know, um, her studies in culinary arts and, and all of that. So, like, I, I didn't feel the end was shorthanded. And, I, and again, I think they were playing against, like, trope. You know, like, we feel that we knew how it was going to wrap up. But, you know, you walk in... Um, Marcus is like, you know, this, it, it feels, I don't know if he said it feels like home, but he mentions how it looks different from her other places that are a little bit more extrav extravagant. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that she says she wants to make people feel at home because that's how his mom made her feel. Oh, man. Yeah, that was oh. beautiful. That was such a gorgeous ending. And I too got choked up. Um, uh, the only little, like, very very minor nitpick i have is i kind of wish a little bit that we had gotten a little bit more interaction between her as a child with her parents but then i guess it would have jeopardized the whole storyline of them never being around yeah. you know what i mean so um i i get i i think that um, the way that they did it was fine. Just for my own personal preference, I would have liked to have but just maybe one extra scene of her interacting with her parents just to feel the the where the resentment was coming from, even though they did a really good job of bringing us to that at, while she's an adult. So like I said, it's not anything that ruined the movie for me. It's just my own pre personal preference of maybe wanting like one extra scene of that. Yeah, yeah. I, do, you, I see that. do you guys... Um, there's a, what was the runtime on here? It's almost two hours, right? Was it's, it like uh, 140 or 150? 142, I believe. Okay. So that's, that's a pretty a good amount of time for a film. For, uh, um, I wonder if they were just trying to, <clears throat> right. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they were just trying to be economical with that. Cause I think the, the answering machine message is supposed to tell you everything you need to know. Yep. And yep. it no wasn't TV neglectful. And... They weren't neglectful because let's say, you know, how sometimes you see a film or, or a show where there's a kid and the parents are totally ignoring the kid. Like, they're there, they're ignoring the kid. It wasn't that kind of abandonment. It was them not being able to be there because they worked so hard and they were always at the store and they were always, again, just securing the future for her, you know? Right. And, and I don't know, but, you know, you guys probably have seen this. Parents do that. 
to sacrifice so much to get the kids, whatever, you know, like that's story of my life. I don't have a single mom, but she was always working because she was trying to provide for us. You know what I mean? So there's that aspect, but she took it as like that kind of like being some kind of neglect. And I think that's, I think that's where that's from. And, and I can see that though, like, cause, cause the thing is like, what kind of interaction would you have with their parents? Cause they're not necessarily, you know, they just were never there. Right. And that's what I mean is that um, it didn't need to happen. I just wanted it to, but it didn't need to happen for us to understand how she was feeling and the the way that they were telling the story at the end. You know, they did an excellent job of telling that story. I just felt like I wanted to have a little extra, you know. Mm-hmm. And with that said, Allegra, though, I, I, with both parents, sets of parents, both Marcus's parents and, and, and Sasha's parents, like they they earned everything to me in my eyes. They earned the ending of what happened with her parents and the ending of uh, why she would name the restaurant what she did. Mm-hmm. You know? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about one last thing and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. But I love the scene where, um, you know, shortly after... Uh, Sasha's parents were introduced to the media, you know, at the the red carpet. Out comes Marcus, you know, with this, you know, <laughs> it, in his terms, it was like like a like a terrible speech, you know. At least that's the way it probably sounded in his head. But it, you know, everything comes out right. And I knew that, like, you know, when he's like, "I got one thing to ask you," I was like, "I know he's not gonna he's not gonna uh, ask to to marry him because that'd be way too tropey." What is it gonna be? And then when he said, "Hold your purse." I cried like a baby. <laughs> oh, that's a good scene. It was a really good scene. That's why I meant by saying the finishing of this, you know, the, the rom-com, you know, what you're going to get at the end, you, you're waiting for it. The writing was so good that they did something that I did not expect, but did it while doing something that is expected. Yeah. <laughs> they did right. do what's expected, but they didn't do something that we normally would expect, you know? And it's totally, and that's what makes it a better rom-com, like or one of the better ones if, yeah. when you think about the whole thing. And hold your purse, exactly. That was so freaking cool. And even the whole awkwardness and stuff, and the fact that he got the suit from Suits and stuff, yeah, <laughs> all that, all that worked. The shopping, the, 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 where he pretends to be Keanu's friend, and I, I love the way he's acting with the, uh, like, the, the, the tailor or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> um now, uh, one thing we do uh, on the show is we do talk about some of the scores real quick and see what you guys uh, uh, agree with. IMDb currently has it at uh, 7 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes has it fresh at 90%. Mm. Nice. I'll nice. say it. I go, I'm going to go with the Rotten Tomatoes. I, I love this movie. Guys, it came out today. I've already seen it twice. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Rotten Tomatoes score as well because seven seems a little too low, but I don't know if I would go 100%. But 90 is a good 85, 90, you know, I would go there. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm with Rotten Tomatoes. And, and, and if we're going to categorize it as a rom com, this is one of the better rom coms, you know. And yeah. I'm, again, just because of the, the rom coms that do well have to have good writing, obviously, good chemistry, you know. Like the, the comedic turns have to be well. The fact that you have two two people who can do comedy really well, and then the the everybody in the periphery did really well. Um, the little short things that happen, whether they're in the Uber, whether they're at the restaurant, all those things were done really well. And and they were able to get the romantic part down really well too. It was believable, along with how they got to where they got and got to, and the throwing in the parents as a dynamic that paid off in the end 
So that's a lot of elements that worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the little things that didn't maybe bring it down to me to make it a 90 out of 100 or 9 out of 10 or whatever, because that's where I'm at, too. Just okay. like, I really, I'm going to watch this again. I, I am, really, too. I really loved it. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I saw in an interview uh, that uh, that's both... Um, I'm going to mix up the names here. I almost called her Sasha, but Ali Wong and Randall Park, you know, who are two of the three writers um, of this movie as well. Uh, they, I don't know if they were really crediting these movies, but they said during the writing process, these two movies had come up. Um, one was When Harry Met Sally, which yep, you can definitely course. see. Yep. yep. And yep. Boomerang. Okay. Oh, yeah. nice. okay. Nice. So, um, Those are both excellent romantic comedies. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this was, again, I feel the story was well developed. Uh, I love the leads. I love the supporting characters who all have great moments themselves, whether it's, you know, comedic or otherwise. Um, but yeah, I, I would, you know, I think um, I would go higher than 90 just because I'm a little biased. Uh, I, I love that, you know, representation matters and all uh, facets of it. Just highly recommend, obviously. Uh, but so, you know, I want to thank the both of you for uh, joining in on this review. Uh, Mariano, you're obviously my, my co-host here. And we, we have another movie that we've already reviewed and recorded. And I sh- shelved that just so we could do this one first. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Allegra, I know you got to get going. So why don't you tell the people about your podcast and where they can find it? So, um, Mariano and I do TV ate my brain and, um, things are about to rev up for us. Um, in about a week or in about a week, um, we cover quite a bit of television shows. We also do history of color, which is a monthly podcast. And we pick a subject and talk briefly, kind of hit the high points. And oftentimes it's the low points, but we try to get some happy stuff in there. (laughs) But it's um, a history podcast that uh, picks out the underrepresented groups, um, people of color and moments in American history that not we don't get to hear a lot about and we talk about it for about 30 to 45 minutes so um, that's something we do too but again we're about to get into some some television and do The Handmaid's Tale and Carly and I are doing Queen of the South so it's getting ready to get get a little busy for us so just check us out yeah legion and snowfall coming too so Mm -hmm. that's they're all coming back to back basically so we're going to be busy in the summertime all right and mariano where can listeners find you if they want to continue the conversation you can uh hit me up on twitter at papa elefante that's at p-a-p-a-e-l-e-f-a-n-t-e and uh you know bring up any questions or comments or whatever usually i am uh lurking i had i think one original tweet this year peter (laughs) And it probably was to you. <laughs> it probably was. It might have been in response to Cobra Kai, uh, right, exactly. which, which I do, uh, Cobra Kai Companion, just throwing that out. Um, you know, Podstalgic, you know, we do kind of focus on the older movies, and we'll do some new releases time and time. Um, Mariano and Allegra, both of you guys have done some of our uh, newer stuff, Captain Marvel, the movie Us. Uh, so check those out if you guys like the the newer stuff. Um, if you're not a fan of the retro movies, uh, but you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Podstalgic. And, you know, one thing that we didn't touch on, but the music, you know, the music oh, yeah. was amazing yeah. uh, in this. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yes. I hope they have a soundtrack. Yeah. 
I will say that um, the band, his band was corny, but that's just me. But whatever. The music soundtrack was awesome, though. Hey, the, the song at the end about dope. him punching Keanu was pretty cool. Now, that was the best song because he was yeah, talking I about punching Keanu. Because he told him you should write a, you should write a yeah. song about it, and he did. Great. And I thought that was fucking freaking awesome. Those were all written by yeah. Randall Park, the, the songs that they performed. Um, the... I don't think Randall Park is corny. I just thought that. They were, oh, just no. Fucking, no, no I'm just, just saying, Hello Peril, those songs were <laughs> written by him. So. Yeah. No, that's uh, what I'm saying. I know. I'm, I know. That's that's why I'm trying to like backtrack here and say, you know, Randall Park. I think you're cool, man. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome here anytime, Randall. Yeah, right. That's gonna do it. I want to thank everybody for checking out this episode. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.